name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In last week's Gospel, we see two of the disciples of John the Baptist. After John the Baptist sees Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, the disciples of John follow Jesus. And Jesus says to them, What are you looking for? What do you seek? What do you want? Those disciples say, Jesus, where are you staying? I'm curious. I want to stay with you. And Jesus says, come and you will see. We hear the same words today. We see Philip. Jesus comes up to Philip. And Philip is like, maybe he's the one. And Jesus says, follow me. Philip then goes up to Nathaniel because whenever you meet Jesus, you just want to share him. Amen? When you know Jesus, you're like, I have to tell people. And sometimes people doubt, you know. We tell them, this is Jesus, this is the Messiah. And maybe we doubt. So Philip comes up to Nathanael and says, we found him. He's Jesus from Nazareth. And Nathanael says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And, and Philip says, come and see. In the Gospel of John, come and see is really the invitation that the Gospel teaches us. That so much of evangelization and spreading the Gospel is about inviting people to come and see. So my, last, my, my question to you all is, who is the last person you have invited to come and see? Who's the last person that you've invited to say, hey, come to Mass on Sunday? Come and see the goodness of Jesus Christ. Come and see what he's done in my life and what he can do in your life. So come and see. Two steps in like kind of evangelization that we kind of forget about is the invitation and the accompaniment. To invite people to come and see and to walk with them, to accompany them as they come to know Jesus. And so think to yourself, who is the last person that you have invited to come and to see the goodness of the Lord. All right. The gospel says that Nathaniel struggled to believe in Jesus because of where Jesus came from. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Part of the character of God is that God comes to the world in a part of the world that the world believes is worthless, that the world believes is nothing. In 1 Corinthians 1, St. Paul says, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something, so that no human being might boast before God. God is born in a manger, God is born in a little town of Bethlehem. God himself, Jesus Christ, humbles himself, dies on a cross to show you the nature of God, that God comes into the brokenness. It's a funny joke. Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? It's as if some of us say, can anything good come from any village that you guys are from? You know how Chaldeans compare villages? Tilkep, Tiskopa, Alkosh, Aradin. Which one am I missing? Batnaya. If I missed your village, I'm sorry, but get over it, right? It's not that deep. But Nathaniel is basically saying like a basmar against Nazareth. 
Can anything good come from Nazareth? God wants to go to the place where you don't think anything good can come from. Something like Nazareth. Over Christmas, I can't believe I said this, it just came from the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to say it again, okay? I hope you don't get mad. But if you do, I love you. I said, God doesn't want to be in your room, in that room where there's plastic covering on your couch, where there's, it's always vacuumed and no one's allowed to walk in. It's like, what's the point of that room, right? God doesn't want to go into where it's always clean and always nice. God wants to go into your basement where you're growing marijuana, Because he wants to, no, he wants to be in the place where you believe he's not welcome. Where you don't think God can be, God wants to be there. Where you don't think you're worthy of it, or you think it's just sin, God wants to be there. What do you think the sacrament of confession is? The sacrament of confession is where you open up your sin to God, you receive this great exchange, like you give God your sin, and God gives you his love and his grace, and you you finally believe... I am worthy of love, not because of my own perfection, but because God is good. Amen? Amen. God is good. So, I don't know if anyone's ever invited a priest to their house if they're growing weed, but like, I want to go to their house. Not to bless it, because God, not to bless it, because God does not bless sin, but to be there. Because I believe that that's where Jesus wants to be. And Jesus wants to raise us up out of our sin to live a life of righteousness and grace and goodness and truth. This is not to look down at anyone because we're all sinners. You're sinners. So am I. And God meets me in my sin. Do not hide from that. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from your sin? God can make it good. Amen? Amen. That's faith. That's what faith is all about. Recognize how Jesus reveals himself to Nathanael. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and Jesus said to him, Here is a true Israelite. There is no duplicity in him. Basically, Jesus is saying to Nathanael, Here's a real one. You're a real one. You're true. There's no duplicity. That means you're not two-faced. Duplicity means two. He's like, you're a real person. How many of us are two-faced? But here's a real one. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? I've never even met you, but you say that you know me? And Jesus says, Before Philip called you, I saw you under a fig tree. When I first read this, I was like, What does that even mean? You saw him under a fig tree. That's like, what does that have to do with anything? There must have been a time where Nathaniel was under a fig tree and he was praying to God all alone. And he didn't know that anyone was watching him. Have you ever prayed to God and said, God, are you really there? Are you really listening? Have you ever felt alone? God is saying, you're not alone. Before Philip called you, I saw you under a fig tree. I saw you where you thought you were alone. And so can you just say this with me? In the name of Jesus... I renounce the lie lie that I am alone. alone. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, I announce the truth truth that I am never alone. That that God is with me, me, even when I don't feel him. him. Amen. Amen. 
Whenever you feel like you're alone or you're praying to someone that you don't even know is there, God is listening. God reveals himself to you even when you don't know it. So believe that you're never alone. Before Philip called you, I saw you when you thought you were alone. You're not alone. That's what Jesus, that's how Jesus revealed himself to Nathaniel. All right, let's shift to this beautiful story of Cana, this wedding at Cana. Here is another instance where God breaks through in poverty. Mary comes up to Jesus and says, they don't have any more wine. They're running on empty. And recognize what the, the head waiter says later in the story. He says, usually people serve the good wine first when people have drunk freely the, the, the lesser wine and then the party's basically over. Recognize how they already ran out of wine. That means they started with the good wine because that's what people do. They serve good wine first. Then the party was going on. They moved to the lesser wine. Then eventually they ran out of wine. How often does that happen in so many relationships? Whether it's marriages or other, any relationship. It starts off good. Everything's going great. Then over time, eh, and then eventually it's over. Why does that happen? Because the human person is broken and the human person needs Jesus. And every relationship needs the unity of love needs Jesus. The foundation has to be listening to Christ, listening to Mary. We're going to get there soon. I believe that every marriage in which the love between husband and wife is greater at year 10 than on their wedding day, it should be greater. Love always grows. Love is meant to mature. That's a miracle. Because that's what Jesus is doing in every single marriage that Christ is invited. Notice how Jesus is invited to the wedding. You don't have to invite him. But when you do, he'll always show up. The wine that Jesus transforms from water to wine is called the best wine. But when does wine get better? Over time. If you have a 2021 wine, it's cheap. Six, seven dollars, eight dollars, whatever it is. But as wine gets older and older, it gets more expensive, and you feel and experience more taste, more fruit from it. When a couple first gets married, or when someone starts dating, it's like the honeymoon phase. It's exciting, it's fun, it's, you know, whatever. But once that honeymoon phase is over, if that's all we focus on, the emotions and the feelings, then it's not going to last. Or then it's not going to be fruitful. The wine runs out. And so don't focus on the honeymoon phase. That's not where love is. Love is in the maturity. Love is not just in the feelings. It's in the daily action of self-sacrifice, of looking at Jesus. That's when when couples are sexually active before marriage, that's the danger When you're sexually active, it means that you care more about the emotional aspect of your relationship than about making it a mature relationship. Love becomes just about the physical and not about the spiritual. And the human person just gets clouded. You have to use your own reason. 
Love is not just in the heart. It's up here too. And the physical often clouds our reason. Even God proves his love through actions. That's the cross. Every single day. So don't settle for that cheap buzz, that cheap wine. But ask the Lord to, tra- to transform what is natural into something supernatural. The best wine ever. How do we do that? Listen to Mary. Can we just say her name? Mary. She's so awesome. Listen to her. Mary says a lot of beautiful things in the Bible. She says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, you know, to the angel, like I will do your will. She says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord when she sees Elizabeth. But the last words in the Bible are her greatest piece of advice to her children. The last words of Mary in the entire Bible are, do whatever he tells you. Mary's telling you, do whatever my son says. What is God calling you to do? Do it. What is he calling you to give up? Do it. I made a joke. We had a men's group last Wednesday. And I said, I feel like God is continuing to tell me, get a flip phone. And I'm like, God, are you sure? Like, eventually you're going to see me with a flip phone. Because distractions, whatever. That's not my homily, but I'm just saying, like, what is God telling you to do? What is the Lord asking of you? Or what is he inviting you into to come and see? Mary's advice, do whatever he tells you. So, where does Jesus need to be invited in your poverty? Where is there emptiness and a lack of peace and joy in your life? Where is there suffering? Where has the wine run out? Invite Jesus and Mary to fill you up with new wine. Amen.